Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In today's show, we'll be discussing the five things to watch out for in the Bitcoin market this week and quoting legendary Adam Back, people need to just man up in BTFD. Prior bull markets had 30% drops on the way to 100x. That's right. We'll also be discussing JP Morgan's CEO digging on Bitcoin and Satoshi Spark Bitcoin HODL rumors on Reddit, as well as nine Bitcoin ETF issuers hold about $4 billion in Bitcoin in less than two weeks after the launch, I'll be sharing the latest updates from the ETF experts over at Bloomberg, as well as breaking news, Tether USDT nears 100 billion market cap. Whoa, after printing more than, what is that, 10, wow, $10 billion in the past 90 days, Tether USDT blowing up. We'll also be discussing Bitcoin is 1,000x improvement on monetary technology, according to Samson Mao. Also be breaking down some of his predictions, as well as Saudi Aramco, uh, the largest oil company in the world, and SBI, the largest bank of Japan, explored digital asset investment collaboration. Could this lead to a $100,000 God candle? Can this lead to a 1 million BTC buy? I'll be breaking this down for you, as well as sharing the latest updates from the high priest of Bitcoin, Max Kaiser. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this, plus so much more in today's show. Yo, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience with video, visit my YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Today is pod episode number 1530 of the Crypto News Alerts pod. I'm your host, JV, and today is January 22nd, 2024. Let's kick it off with our market watch. So yeah, Bitcoin's cracking down 3% on the day. Uh, we got Ether down 4.5%. Bitcoin maintaining just above 40,500. Ether maintaining just above 2,300. Solana down 7%. Virtually everything is bleeding, unfortunately, right now and in the red and pulling back. And uh, zooming out on the monthly to get a more broader perspective, we have... Let's see here. Still everything in the red, unfortunately. And checking out coinmarketcap.com. Let's get a refresh. We can see the market cap is on the decline, currently sitting under 1.6 trillion, with about 53 billion in volume for the past 24 hours, with the Bitcoin dominance at 50% 
even, so it's back on the rise. And we also have the Ether dominance at 17.9%, back on the decline. Shout out to Emilio Gonzalez. Always appreciate the Supers family. We greatly appreciate that. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers for the past 24 hours, we have Sia Coin up, uh, wow, now up almost 5%. And that's virtually the only thing in the green uh, because 99 of the top 100 cryptos are correcting and in the red. Now, which altcoins, if any, are you most bullish on for this bull run? Let me know in the comments right down below. And checking out the crypto bubbles, you can see a visual bloodbath. Yeah, not looking good right now. Everything is currently correcting. You can thank the Bankman Freed FTX and the GBTC sell-off, which has been tanking the market. And checking out the Crypto Greed and Fear Index. Today, we're rated a 55 in greed. Yesterday, 56. Last week, a 52. And last month, a 70 in greed. So there you have it, my crypto fam. But anyways, fam, today a big show, lots of content. So let's dive right into today's technical analysis and discuss the five things to watch out for in the Bitcoin market this week. Keep the comments a-flowing. Pump the likes to pump the stream. We greatly appreciate it, family. Special early broadcast for you today. Uh, let's dive right into it. So watch out for Bitcoin traders eyeing sub 40,000 levels for longs. That's right. A disappointing weekly close for Bitcoin, this time the lowest in over a month. A final push higher brought 41.7 back into play. But this failed to stick as downside totaling 1,000 preceded the close. And at this time, we got Bitcoin currently hovering just above $40,500. So analyzing the situation overnight, we have popular trader Scoo noted Bitcoin support at 40500 and below liquidity, which ultimately buoyed the market. Uh, quoting him here, big uh, bid death thick, uh, thickens a lot beneath those as well. And the chart showed Bitcoin's order book liquidity for the largest global exchange, Binance, which you can see here. So a breakdown through 40,000 is nonetheless on the cards for various traders at present. As bid interest likewise stacks up above 35,000, that area is becoming a popular choice for potential long Bitcoin positions. And quoting Crypto Chase, remaining patient, thoughts the same as a week ago, interested at a low 39,000. Now, Crypto Tony says, Bitcoin update, bring me 38,000 at once, written in the stars. How many of you agree that we could bounce under 40,000? We're only 500 away right now. Tap 38 as a strong support, then bounce back on up and start marching back towards 50 Gs. Let me know your thoughts. Others notice the significance of the Bitcoin price zone, with Scoo calling it pretty important on the 12-hour and one-day closed basis. And uh, Decent Trader says it's testing the 40,000 to 41,200 area again that has been tested multiple times in the past two months. And Decent Trader noted that one of his proprietary trading tools composed of a basket of popular indicators is now turning bullish as shared here. Will this area continue to hold up the price? What are your thoughts, fam? Now for the second factor to keep your eyes on in this week. The coming weeks see some key U.S. macroeconomic data prints within the Fed blackout period. Their impact may thus be limited when it comes to what the Federal Open Market Committee decides to do with interest rates at its upcoming meeting, January 31st. So that's in another nine days. Preliminary Q4 GDP is due, while January 26th will see the Personal Consumption Expenditures Index for December, known to be the Fed's preferred inflation gauge. The status quo regarding inflation is mixed. Stocks are pushing all-time highs and markets are eager to bet on rate cuts, but recent data prints have seen price rises outpacing expectations. And quoting the Kabisi letter, key events this week, number one, manufacturing the PMI data on Wednesday. Number two, core durable good orders on Thursday. Number three, we have quarter four 2023 G. 
DP data on Thursday, number four, new home sales data on Thursday, and number five, December PC inflation data on Friday, and number six, 20% of the S&P 500 companies report their earnings. So according to data from the CME Fed Group Watch tool, the odds of the rates remaining the same next week stand at an almost unanimous 97.4%. So there is barely any consensus, it appears, for curveballs from the Fed. And concentrating on Bitcoin, the growing contrast between the price action and equities is becoming hard to ignore. For Arthur Hayes, former CEO of derivatives giant BitMEX, the writing is on the wall. Crypto markets need to return of global liquidity, one result of loosening economic policy to thrive. And with this possibility in question, the party itself is stalling. Uh, quoting them here, both are love or both are love more dollars liquidity. Which one is right about the future? Bitcoin is telling us that there are hiccups ahead of dollar liquidity. Next signpost is the 31st January US Treasury refunding announcement. Now for the next factor to keep your eyes out on this week, Anthony Scaramucci of Skybridge Capital sees ETF buying delay. That's right. While the Bitcoin price strength has failed to mimic the bullish narrative popular before the ETF launch, longtime market participants demand patience. As reported, the nuances of market post-launch shift mean the sell-side pressure was given from day one of trading, January 11th. Uh, that's right. And at the center of the reshuffle is the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, now itself an ETF, which is seeing investors cash out now that its share price practically matches the Bitcoin spot price. Data from statistics resource uh, Bitcoin Treasuries confirms that GBTC's holdings have declined sharply this month by almost 100,000 BTC. And again, a billion of that was thanks to FTX dumping their GBTC shares. GBTC investors are seeking to rotate into other ETF products with more advantageous terms. For example, the rates uh, is like one and a half percent for GBTC annually, which is much higher by significant amount in comparison to all the others. And in an interview with Yahoo Finance and World Economic Forum in Davos, uh, Davos Switzerland, last week we had Scaramucci, managing partner and founder Skybridge said the regulations around this were likely to slow ETF inflows. Quoting him here, you have lots of investors that went into the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust at 2%. They bought the Bitcoin at 50,000, 60,000, 69,000. So when the ETF became available, they were able to sell the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust and take a loss for tax purposes. He explained, now referencing the 30-day cooling off period after the sellers before investors can re-enter the same product, providing a great arbitrage opportunity, could be set up in buying in 30 days post-sale, said Adam Back. Now, Back, known for his bullish outlook on Bitcoin under current circumstances, had already referenced the scale of the ETF inflows and its significance of the market. These, he said, on the day were 30 times larger than the supply impact of each having event, uh, quoting him here. And a lot of trade fi led by broker sentiment are momentum buyers. The price goes up due to smart money, they said. Buy creates news. They buy more, etc. Now, the next factor to keep your eyes out on this week, Bitcoin profit taken began late 2023. Last, let's not forget, year to date last year, Bitcoin went up over 100 and roughly 60%. So Bitcoin is seeing one of the most pro- Tracted periods of profit taking in its history, even with the prices well below the all time highs. Data from on chain analytics firm Glassnode 
uh, research analyst James Van Stratton uh, basically shared his crypto insights from Crypto Slate, revealing a solid three months of profit taking, uh, quoting him here. This was eclipsed by the 2021 bull run from September 2020, which ended in February 2021, roughly 155 days. I think this trend may be ending soon. The longer Bitcoin stays around 40,000. Let me know if you agree or disagree with that sentiment. And now for the next factor to keep your eyes out in this week, the whales in focus as distribution takes hold. That's right. Crypto is still greedy, even at nearly 20% below the post ETF top. That is the conclusion from Sentiment Gauge, the Crypto Greed and Fear Index, which shows that the average crypto investor is not feeling the fear when it comes to market dynamics. As of January 21st, yesterday, the Crypto Greed and Fear Index measured 55, which I think is the same right now. Let me confirm that again here. Yep, we're currently a 55 in greed. And January 11th saw highs of 76. Not extreme, but the metrics stand or by their standards, yet still equivalent to the mood when Bitcoin hit its current all-time highs in November of 2021. The numbers coincide with changes amongst the Bitcoin investor cohort exposure. And as noted by popular crypto educator Wise Advice, the whales are selling off and other larger entities have also reduced their holdings. They're currently holding their lowest amount since June of 2023, which indicates selling or distribution. Uh, now, also, they shared that wallets with between 10 Bitcoin and 10,000 BTC. And this had accompanying data from research firm Santiment anticipated the return of accumulation amongst the whales. So there you have it. And I also wanted to share this tweet. Cypherpunk legend Adam Back, the founder of Hash Cash and the CEO of Blockstream, he says regarding 40,000 Bitcoin, people just need to man up and BTFD. Prior bull markets had 30% drops on the way to 100x. And may I remind you that from the current price action, let's just say from 50 Gs, 20x is 1 million per coin. So there you have it, family. Let me know your thoughts regarding these insights and these events taking place in the markets this week. But anyways, keep pumping the likes to pump the stream. We still got a lot of news to cover. So let's dive into our next story of the day, shall we? The headline here reads, JP Morgan CEO dig on Bitcoin and Satoshi spark Bitcoin hollow rumors on Reddit. Let's address it. The crypto community members dismissed JP Morgan CEO, Jamie the Tapeworm Diamond's ramblings on media outlet CNBC, speculating on the motivations behind the executive constant flurry of negative statements towards Bitcoin. On January 17th, Diamond went on CNBC and repeated many widely debunked criticisms of Bitcoin, including the possibility of its greater Satoshi Nakamoto returning to the community to erase Bitcoin from existence. The executive also argued that Bitcoin does nothing and laid out a criminal use case for the asset. Uh, quoting Jamie here, there are cryptocurrencies that do something that might have value. And then there's one that does nothing. I call it pet rock. The Bitcoin or something like that. <laughs> says JP Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon. It has some use cases. Everything else is people trading amongst themselves. He also even said something as idiotic as, how do we know Satoshi is not going to come back and uh, increase the supply? How can we trust it? Meanwhile, he was his company was recently named an authorized participant with BlackRock to accumulate Bitcoin. So you already know Jamie is truly bullish, but he makes the media rounds and he loves to fud it because I guess he perceives Bitcoin as an enemy to his 
banking cartel. What are your thoughts? So with Diamond constantly flinging dirt towards crypto, community members think this might be an attempt to drive down the price. Well, of course it is. On Reddit, one user speculated this may be a calculated move. The Redditor said that many old investors listen to Diamond. The community members believe that the negativity directed towards Bitcoin might be an attempt to lower the price as he stacks Sats himself. Meanwhile, something Diamond is uninformed about Bitcoin, while others believe the executive is simply scooping up Bitcoin in preparation for the upcoming halving. What are your thoughts? Many believe that the halving event will drive the asset's price upward, which history shows us, right? We typically add a zero to the end of the price action every four-year cyclical cycle. And while Diamond's notion that the Bitcoin creator Satoshi could come back and erase Bitcoin may be flawed due to its inherent characteristics, a community member brought up the possibility of Nakamoto selling his Bitcoin stash despite being another hypothetical. One Redditor believes this is a more of a feasible theory than the Diamond suggests. And while Jamie Dimon continues to tirade against crypto, the community he leads is involved with the recently approved spot Bitcoin ETFs in the United States. On December 29th, asset manager BlackRock named JP Morgan Securities as one of its authorized participants for their ETF. That's right. So JP Morgan Chase extremely bullish on Bitcoin, regardless of what their CEO says. The CEO received criticism for his anti-crypto comments after JP Morgan was named in BlackRock's ETF filing. I mean, I expect nothing less from the mainstream. Clearly an enemy of Bitcoin, but at the same time, he's buying it behind closed doors. In fact, when he was spreading the FUD years ago, talking about Bitcoin is equivalent to a pet rock and that I'd fire any of my employees for trading or touching the asset. At the same time, behind closed doors, he purchased up over $400 million worth of Bitcoin for his trading desk, which he was launching. So he's been very bullish on Bitcoin the entire time he's been fudding it. So don't forget that. Now let's discuss the latest with uh, the nine Bitcoin ETF issuers now holding about $4 billion in Bitcoin less than two weeks after the launch. Here are the latest updates from the, uh, the top ETF analysts. The nine Bitcoin ETF issuers are gobbling up the king crypto, accumulating billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin in less than two weeks after launch, according to Balchunas. He tells his followers uh, that he's keeping a close watch on the movement of capital in and out of the nine recently launched. Bitcoin ETFs. According to Balchunas, nine Bitcoin ETF issuers, including Fidelity, uh, FBTC, iShares, which is iBit, Invesco, which is BTCO, and ARK21 shares, which is ARKB, and Bitwise, BitB, and Vanek Hoddle, Wisdom Tree, Valkyrie, and Franklin Templeton collectively hold a total of 95,297.2. BTC, worth about $4 billion bucks as of January 19th. Now, leading the pack is BlackRock's iShares with 33,700 Bitcoin, worth over $1.4 billion, followed by Fidelity holding 30,384 BTC, worth $1.62 billion. And at number three is Bitwise with 10,235 BTC, worth $425 million under management with ARC21 shares not far behind accumulating 9,100 Bitcoin to the tune of just shy of 380 mil. Invesco takes the fifth spot as the firm holds 6,192 Bitcoin worth $257 million, followed by Van Eck with a stash of 2,500 Bitcoin worth $106 million, and Valkyrie with a trove of 1,700 Bitcoin worth 71 mil. Franklin Templeton lands at number eight, snapping up 1,169 Bitcoin worth 48 million with Wisdom Tree rounding up the list holding 182 Bitcoin worth 7.6 million. So you can see day six highlighted in the yellow who's leading the pack. And then you can see the total right next 
to that. So yeah, Balchuna has also said the buying activities of the nine Bitcoin ETF issuers have been outpacing the selling of crypto titan Grayscale slash GBTC, quoting him here. Latest, despite GBTC seeing a negative 590 million outflow gash on Friday, the nine overwhelmed it with adding 623 million for the third best day. Now, iBit and FBTC both with over 200 million plus, while BTCO and HODL had their best hauls to date. The total net flows stand at positive 1.2 billion as nine assets under management hit 4 billion versus GBTC's 2.8 billion, upping the assets under management share to 14%. So good news is they're outpacing GBTC selling uh, the nine top ones. And Balchunas also says the biggest GBTC sellers are FTX and traders who accumulated shares last year when the fund was trading in deep discount territory, as pointed out right here, Walter Bloomberg shared, FTX sold about $1 billion of Grayscale's Bitcoin ETF, explaining much of the outflow. Bitcoin's price has fallen since Bitcoin ETFs were approved. So in theory, now that FTX is done selling its substantial holdings, the selling pressure could ease since a bankruptcy estate liquidating holdings. It's a relatively unique event. And even Max Kaiser retweeted that and shared, FTX is done selling GBTC. Hallelujah. So, so there you have it. My crypto fam, it seems Bankman Freed continues plaguing the market, just like with FTX. He was dumping to suppress, he was dumping Bitcoin ultimately to suppress the Bitcoin price, potentially colluding with Gary Gensler. What are your thoughts on that family? Greatly appreciate that. Let's dive into our next story of the day. We just discussed uh, the $4 billion worth of inflows for the ETFs in the past two weeks. Now let's discuss the headlines with Tether, USDT nearing $100 billion market cap taken over after printing more than $10 billion in the past three months. That's right. Stablecoin issuer Tether, USDT, is nearing $100 billion market cap after adding about $10 billion to its valuation during the last three months. According to new data from crypto ranking platform CoinGecko, USDT has seen its total market cap balloon from $84 billion on October 15th to over $94 billion January 15th. Last week, the stablecoin issuer pushed back against accusations from an agency associated with the United Nations that claimed USDT was frequently being used by criminals to launder money and commit fraud in parts of Asia. So it goes to show you when the mainstream starts attacking anything, clearly it's an enemy to the status quo. The mainstream's choice of stablecoin, just FYI, is Circle, which is basically the other stablecoin, USDC, tethers the real deal. And it has true Bitcoiners behind it. Much of their reserves, in fact, are actually in Bitcoin. So anyone against Tether, USDT, is more than likely against Bitcoin if you haven't put two and two together. Anyways, according to a report published by the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, bad actors in East and Southeast Asia prefer using USDT on the Tron blockchain as Tether offers better anonymity, uh, lower fees, and more stability. However, Tether denies the claim and says that using USDT for illicit activities is difficult as it collaborates with numerous law enforcement agencies agencies to track and monitor transactions. Tether is continuing a massive accumulation of Bitcoin, pushing its reserves of the flagship digital asset up 2.8 billion. And according to market intelligence platform CryptoQuant in August, Tether was holding just 1.6 billion worth of Bitcoin by market cap 
at that time, making it the 11th largest Bitcoin holding entity in the world. And personally, I don't think they're slowing down anytime soon. What are your thoughts? Uh, Tether currently holds around 66,400 Bitcoin, according to CryptoQuant founder and chief executive Ki Jong Ju. So there you have it, my crypto fam. What stablecoin, if any, do you recommend the most? Which one do you trust? Let me know. I'm curious. But anyways, uh, next story of the day. Let's discuss the latest from Samson Mao before we discuss the latest with the largest oil company in Saudi Arabia, partnering with the massive biggest bank in Japan, SBI, and discussing a potential 1 million Bitcoin buy. And then we'll dive into our live Q&A fam. And then we'll do the uncensored version of the show exclusively on Rumble. The headline reads... Bitcoin is a thousand X improvement in monetary technology. Shout out to Samson Mao of Jan3. That's right, the CSO at Blockstream and now the chief executive of Jan3, a company that helps nation states to adopt Bitcoin into their economies, published an important statement about Bitcoin and why it's important for current society in the context of monetary technologies. In particular, he tweeted the Bitcoin marked a massive improvement on all financial tech by 1000 X. Preach. Bitcoin maximalist Samson Mao tweeted he believes Bitcoin not to be marginally better than gold or the US dollar. Per Jan 3's boss, the flagship crypto has brought a 1000x improvement on any monetary technology devised in all human history. Here's the actual tweet There are no diminishing returns when a step change takes place. Bitcoin is not a marginally better dollar or gold. Bitcoin is a 1000x improvement on any monetary technology devised in all human history. Diminishing returns is an irrelevant concept with an entire game which has changed. And he makes a good point. Now, the reason I think Bitcoin is a thousand X superior or even more so than that is uh, the obvious. It's you know borderless. It's immutable. It's incorruptible. Every other form of money in human history has been corruptible and they can't change the supply. Unlike the FUD that Jamie Dimon continues to spread. Oh, Satoshi might come back and change it from 21 million and add. No, that's what the US government does. That's what central banks do. They can't do that to Bitcoin. And that's why it's so much more superior. Let's not forget it's unconfiscatable and has all these other things working for it as well. Mao stated that Bitcoin has brought a step change to the global financial system, adding a screenshot from an online thesaurus, which means a sudden discontinuous change. And when this change takes place, he explained, diminishing returns do not matter. Diminishing returns is an irrelevant concept when the entire game has changed. That's right. We ain't playing fiat checkers no more. We're playing chess, family. Bitcoin chess. In the multiple recent tweets, even before the spot-based Bitcoin ETF was approved by the SEC, Mao shared his prediction, which we covered numerous times here on the pod, saying that Bitcoin price will eventually reach the much-expected 1 million price level send it. With the purpose of taking 1 million as a reference point, he even suggested that Bitcoiner and head of MicroStrategy, Michael Saylor, begin referring to 1 million as 0.05 million. So still, when faced with criticism that Bitcoin did not skyrocket to the aforementioned 1 million level, Mao responded in a tweet and in fact had not meant it literally, but rather he intended to say that the financial market foundations have drastically changed. That's right. So he's ultimately saying, yes, I said Bitcoin can hit 1 million per coin in a matter of days to weeks after the approval of the ETF, but pay close attention to those words. He didn't say Bitcoin will absolutely do XYZ because no one could predict 
what Bitcoin is going to do, especially in the short term. All we really know is over the long term, it's going to continue to do what it did in the past because history, if it doesn't repeat, it tends to rhyme. We know every four years, price goes up, typically out of zero to the price action. So he's saying, just as the doomers can say Bitcoin's going to 12,000, he can say Bitcoin could hit a million because it can. Anything is possible. What if a sovereign wealth fund converted a half a trillion into Bitcoin? What if massive nation state adoption from a country like Argentina with a population of 40 million people were to make Bitcoin a legal tender? Now you got Javier Malay, who says he's gonna put an end to the central bank of Argentina. You know what I mean? Now, what if Colombia? What if Mexico? He's speaking to all these countries. That's what he does. So he has some inside information as well, just as Max does, because he's working right next to Nigel Bokele as his main Bitcoin advisor. So when Samson Mao or Max Kaiser shares something, I listen because they have my respect. What are your thoughts on that, family? Now let's dive into our feature story of the day and continue talking about this 1 million Bitcoin buy. Uh, I'm going to read you some headlines uh, right here. This headline, Saudi Aramco, uh, SBI, Explore Digital Asset Investment Collaboration, ultimately the largest oil company in the world out of the kingdom of Saudi Arabia and the largest bank coming out of Japan have a partnership to explore digital assets. We're going to be breaking this down. Also, some of the recent uh, tweets from Max Kaiser. We've been touching upon the past couple of pod episodes. Uh, Max says these two guys are loving the Bitcoin sale going on right now, referring to this dip. Wouldn't be surprised if major news hits the tape next week. And this was off the back of the post he did where he shares these two are teaming up to make Larry Fink, aka BlackRock, and Michael Saylor look like peanuts <laughs> with a buy order of 1 million BTC and a $100,000 God candle. And this is ultimately the prince of Saudi Arabia. Another wealthy prince looking to team up to make a massive Bitcoin purchase. And also regarding this news, I have one word for you. 100,000 Bitcoin God Candle fans. Qatar, the rumors are getting very loud on this. He just reiterated a couple of days ago, loving this price action. Wouldn't be surprised if big news hits the tape next week. And let's actually dive into this thread because this is the thread that sparked all the controversy so you can understand what we're talking about. He said, he wrote this on December 3rd, the God Candle, 100,000 dollar uptick and Bitcoin is in play. It'll shift the global access of wealth and power in a single tick. And you can see Qatar uh, leader meeting with Bukele. This was a few months back at the end of 2023. And that news kind of went under uh, the radar. So what are your thoughts on this? Do you think Qatar will be investing their sovereign wealth fund and uh, putting it into Bitcoin? Because he shared here to clarify and add clarity. My source said, Bitcoin makes our one half a trillion sovereign wealth fund effectively worthless. We should just convert it all Bitcoin. So apparently Max had a conversation with one of these people from Qatar and he literally said, Bitcoin makes our $500 billion sovereign wealth fund effectively worthless. We should just convert it all into Bitcoin. Now, hypothetically speaking, because again, this is currently just a rumor. There has been no confirmation coming out of Qatar or Saudi Arabia saying we're going to purchase 1 million Bitcoin, but this is an insider sharing some thoughts. And also I'm going to be sharing some headlines so we can read between the the lines and try to decipher this for ourselves. So, and then someone wrote, they can't, there's only 19 million. And then Max, I think he added some context uh, here. Um, but yeah, I mean, he makes a good point because right now, what is there? 19 and a half 
million Bitcoin in circulation. There's only like 2 million or less Bitcoin available on the exchanges. And purchasing 1 million Bitcoin may be impossible in a single purchase, but what if they made the announcement and they already started accumulating and we don't know, and their goal is ultimately to have 1 million Bitcoin, which would be roughly 5% of the circulating Bitcoin supply. I also like to point out something uh, to give some context as well, that MicroStrategy currently holds roughly 200,000 Bitcoin, and they currently control 0.9% of the circulating Bitcoin supply, which is roughly 1%, which is the short-term goal. I also heard uh, Max Kaiser share that MicroStrategy's goal is to ultimately control 5% of the Bitcoin supply, meaning MicroStrategy is looking to acquire a total of 1 million Bitcoin. So what if game theory playing out in real time right now, MicroStrategy looking to acquire a million Bitcoin, Qatar looking to convert their half a trillion sovereign wealth fund into Bitcoin, and then Saudi Arabia. And like I said, we're going to be discussing the largest oil company in the world recently partnering with SBI Holdings to explore digital assets, knowing the number one digital asset on the planet is Bitcoin. So what are your thoughts on that? Let me know. Other recent tweets, the GBTC Bitcoin rotation dance will soon hit equilibrium, which we're experiencing now, now that FTX has dumped 1 billion worth of their shares at GBTC and new all-time highs will quickly follow. Let me know if you agree or disagree with this sentiment that we're likely to see new all-time highs leading up to the Bitcoin halving within the next 90 days. He also says the net inflow into Bitcoin is rising, which is true. The rotation out of GBTC is masking a net increase in demand, which is true. We covered those stats earlier. An inflection point is imminent, $220,000 in play. My question for you, how high do you feel the Bitcoin price action will likely climb this year in 2024? Do you think we'll hit a new all-time high, 70 Gs? Do you think we'll hit 100,000, a massive milestone? Do you think we could hit as high as 220,000? Let me know, family. Other recent tweets he shared here, as I pointed out earlier, FTX is done selling. We got the word that FTX sold roughly 1 billion of Grayscale's Bitcoin ETF, explaining much of the outflows. And now the inflows are outpacing the outflows as the outflows will calm down. Also, this was an interesting story featured on CCN. Warren, talking about uh, everyone's favorite senator, not Liz Warren, criticizes crypto's role in sanctions evasion. Max Kaiser's response ruffles regulatory feathers. Now, if you don't know Max Insights on Warren, you need to check out my timeline. This is censored type information, so I'm, I probably shouldn't read it to you out loud on YouTube, but maybe I can just show you one of the posts. Here uh, is the throwback, February 18th. Max Kaiser exposes Senator Warren for losing $350 billion. Whoa, how do you just lose $350 billion? Ask uh, Liz Warren, because she did that, and this was a news uh broadcast that Kaiser did back in May 2009, uh, one year after the inception of Bitcoin, right? Or actually, was it the same year? When was the Genesis Block family? I know we had the financial collapse in 2008 with Lehman Brothers, and then shortly after, there was a Genesis Block, which may have been, I don't know, was that in January of 2009? So the same year of the inception of Bitcoin. But why I respect Max so much, he calls out the fraudsters and the hucksters, you know what I mean? The criminal enterprises at the very top that are doing very harmful things. So shout out to him. And what's kind of cool is I posted this on Elizabeth Warren's post yesterday. She posted uh, here, you know, some FUD. And then I responded in the thread and I posted Max Geyser's throwbacks and it got a lot of love, 3,000 views, 69 hearts and 10 replies. Now there was another post 
right underneath it. So this is hilarious. What Max Kaiser thinks about Senator Warren, completely uncensored. I can't repeat what he says, but I strongly encourage you to check out this video if you'd like to hear what Max really thinks about Senator Liz Warren. And again, 3,000 views on the thread with uh, Liz Warren. So I thought that was kind of hilarious and I just wanted to share. But now let's actually read our featured story. Saudi, uh, largest oil company in the world, SBI, exploring digital asset investment, collaboration, let's go. And this was probably a couple of weeks back this, yeah, this was back on December 11th family. So this is actually a month and a half ago when this news was actually breaking. And I want to retouch upon it due to Max Kaiser's, uh, you know what I mean? Tweets referring to this 100,000 God candle and a purchase of 1 million Bitcoin. So we can kind of connect the dots here. Last week, Japan's SBI and state controlled energy firm, Saudi Aramco announced they'll explore potential collaboration for digital assets and semiconductors. Additionally, SBI said it plans to set up an SBI Middle East in Rida as a base for operations in the Middle East. SBI recently announced a $100 million joint fund with Standard Chartered based out of Dubai. What's interesting is guess who owns Standard Chartered as the primary shareholder? But a boom, but a bing, BlackRock. So what do they all have in common? BlackRock just got into the Bitcoin game, right? They are the primary shareholder of Standard Chartered. And if you've been reading the headlines and listening to the podcast, Standard Chartered, extremely bullish on the prospect of Bitcoin, predicting a $200,000 Bitcoin price by the year. 2025. So putting two and two together, SBI and Aramco will look at co-investing in each other's digital asset portfolios. And in this regard, SBI has a very substantial portfolio. Although the Saudis oil company should not be underestimated. Additionally, the SBI will look at identifying Japanese digital asset startups that want to expand their business in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Together, they would provide support. So a joint venture or partnerships exploring digital assets. So do they say directly we're getting into Bitcoin? No, they dumbed it down by saying digital assets. But again, what's the number one digital asset? Bitcoin, there's no second best. Now, Saudi Aramco is the world's, se oh, sorry, second largest company in terms of revenue with a figure, wow, second largest company in the world family, 604 billion. They almost have as large of a market cap then Bitcoin at 800 billion. That's crazy. It was uh, pipped by Walmart, which also had a 605 billion in net sales. Wow. 605 billion in net sales, Walmart, just in the year 2022. That's crazy. Now, stepping back when considering crypto in the Middle East, Saudi Arabia isn't the first destination one would think of. Turkey is the biggest in terms of activity, and the UAE has at least three crypto regulatory authorities. Dubai's Vara, Abu Dhabi's A. DGM are the highest profiles. Now, what's interesting is we even had Kevin O'Leary share some insights on the mainstream a few weeks ago. We covered on the show that there is allegedly going to be an exchange that makes uh, FTX and Binance look like child's play that was backed by multi-billionaire you know, investors, and that's supposed to be coming out of Abu Dhabi. I also question, are there going to be spot ETFs also launched in the Middle East, potentially out of Dubai, Abu Dhabi, maybe Saudi Arabia, Qatar, who knows? Let me know your thoughts on that because we already got confirmation. We've covered it on the pod that Hong Kong is launching an ETF. At least they're accepting applications and they're looking to get started in the race. They don't want to be left behind. Now, what this means is game theory likely to take place. So not only 
Bitcoin where we have the 11 asset managers competing and uh, for your market share for the Bitcoin ETF. We're also going to have Hong Kong and potentially some others in the Middle East and potentially other areas around the world. So that says Saudi crypto activity is only a little behind the UAE. According to Chainalysis, it was the country experiencing the most year on growth to June 2023 of 12%. And in contrast, Saudi doesn't have a crypto regulatory regime, but perhaps it is working on one. More than likely. What are your thoughts? Reports indicate regulators are warming to the concept. And in 2018, multiple Saudi regulators issued a decree warning against virtual currencies. Now, I think that might have been before the head guy released a fatwa, the head Muslim in charge of the two billion plus people, and now they deem it permissible, meaning Allah approves it, just another form of currency, and there's nothing wrong with it. So now they have the blessings of the Muslim community. And again, the Muslim community is probably north of 2 billion. Correct me if I'm wrong. Now it said there are no crypto regulated entities and they discourage promotion and trading. It described trading as unauthorized securities activities. However, it was not quite an outright ban on holding crypto. And in July, the Saudi Central Bank, SAMA, appointed a crypto chief, Mohsen Al-Zarani. However, one thoughtful analysis questioned whether he would be focused on crypto. And although the report expect, expects some positive movements from other regulators. Now, SBI and Saudi Aramco referred only to digital assets, not cryptocurrency. Now, hence, it is conceivable the emphasis could be on tokenization, an area where SBI is extremely active as well. So they have a background with doing this. It founded the Osaka Digital Exchange, which is ODX, which will start trading tokenized securities on Christmas Day. And I guess this has already commenced because, again, this article was published right before Christmas. One could imagine the trading of tokenized oil contracts. Very interesting. Tokenized oil contracts. This could be a thing. However, that is our reading rather than a hint by the companies. So I think they're more than likely going to be investing into Bitcoin. Otherwise, they'd be missing out and they would allow all these other juggernauts to ultimately outdo them and leave them behind. So I think they got to get their feet in the game if it's not already and they just haven't announced it. Now, Saudi blockchain investments, let's discuss this. While we've regularly reported on SBI's digital asset investments, Saudi Aramco has a few in the blockchain, such as VAKT, is post-trade solution for the oil sector. And Data Gumbo uses blockchain for operational efficiencies. TradeGo is one of the nine approved electronic bill of lading providers. Now, we previously reported it was an investor in Red Date Tech, the company behind the blockchain-based services network, and the Chinese international public blockchain networks that avoid using cryptocurrencies. It invested in Saudi-based IR4 Lab, which provides document and supply solutions using the blockchain. So they're already invested in blockchain tech fam. The most Web3 collaboration was one announced by Drop Labs back in March that discussed tokenization and Web3 rewards. Meanwhile, Santa Bill, the $3 billion fund owned by the government's public investment fund, is an indirect crypto investor. It mainly invests in other funds with half its assets in venture capital. They include commitments of crypto-focused Juan and blockchain capital, as well as several other VCs with major crypto portfolios, such as Anderson Horowitz, Kotu, uh, and Tiger Global. So there you have it. My crypto fam, what are your thoughts surrounding this massive partnership between the largest oil company in the world, as well as the largest bank of Japan partnering and tokenization 
oil potentially, getting into Bitcoin eventually. Let me know, family. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in our live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. HODL.